Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. We've got Mari Kuraishi, CEO, and Dennis Whittle, co-founder of Global Giving with us today. These two really, maybe it's not fair to say they invented crowdfunding, but if they didn't, I don't know who did. So stick around. You don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Mari, Dennis, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. We're thrilled to have you both. It's really great to have you. Mari, it's great to have you back. You've been on the show before. Uh, you know, you two uh, left the World Bank. You're married left the World Bank uh, in 1999, heavens, almost 20 years ago, to start what became Global Giving. Uh, Dennis, why don't you tell us the story of, of how that transition came about, how you decided to leave the, the World Bank and to launch this crazy new thing? Well, you know, it's an interesting story. Mari and I got thrust together to work at the World Bank. We were not married at that time. But we were thrust uh, into uh, a lot of difficult situations at the World Bank, including in Russia, following the collapse of the Soviet Union. And we started uh, trying a lot of different innovative things that uh, people didn't normally do at the World Bank because we were working in unusual situations that required unusual uh, solutions and unusual approaches. And probably because of some of that work that we did in the late 90s, we were asked by the president of the World Bank to uh, create an innovation and new products unit. And I remember we went up to uh, Jim Wolfenson, the president, and we said, well, what do you want us to do? And he said, I, I want you to innovate. Uh, and we said, well, what's innovation? And he said, that's the whole problem. We haven't had much innovation at the World Bank for the last 50 years. So that's why everyone's protesting against us in the streets. So Mari and I were thrown into this situation where we had to figure out how to do things differently. And after a series of excellent adventures and uh, uh, some failures, we created something called the Innovation Marketplace, which initially allowed all staff in the World Bank to come and pitch an idea for how the World Bank could do it's worked better. And then we created the development marketplace in the year 2000, which allowed anyone in the world with a good idea to come pitch the idea and compete for $5 million of funding. And it was that development marketplace uh, that I think uh, really set us on the path for global giving. We saw the enormous untapped potential uh, that people at the community level had around the world. What they didn't have was access to places like the World Bank, where their voices could be heard, their ideas could be tested, and they could possibly get some funding. And at the end of that development marketplace, uh, a woman from South Africa came up to us and said, uh, we didn't win. And we said, well, it, we're sorry you didn't win. It's a competition. Not everybody can win. And we said, you know, come back in a couple years, and we'll, maybe we'll do it again. And she said to us, why should I have to wait for two years to have my idea heard again? And by the way, the World Bank's not the only game in town. So when she said that to us, it was kind of like a shot between the eyes. And 
six months later, we uh, uh, left the World Bank to create what's now Global Giving. Well, it is a magnificent legacy, and you're doing some uh, tremendous work. Mari, why don't you give us an overview of what you've accomplished over the last 19 years? Well, um, as you say, we we didn't invent the field of crowdfunding, but I feel like the field grew up around us. Um, when we started out, people, you know, the, the dominant brands on the web were Yahoo and eBay. Social media didn't exist. Uh, people were not that comfortable transacting online. Uh, certainly these you know, little devices didn't exist either. Uh, smartphones. And this, the sort of, it was a very different world. And I think that in, in the past um, 18 years, we have succeeded in growing with the, with the world uh, in connectivity and in sort of ease of reaching out and supporting someone thousands of miles away. We've delivered over 320 plus million dollars to um, 17,000 projects in 170 different countries from over three quarters of a million donors, which, you know, when we started out, that, that would have felt like a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done so without massive, you know, with every increase in the number of donors and the number of nonprofits that we support and the number of transactions we process, we've done it scalably. So we haven't had to sort of grow lockstep in terms of our staff here uh, to support all of this activity. Well, it, it is amazing what you've been able to accomplish. Now, Dennis, you left your role as the CEO uh, at Global Giving in 2000, is it 10, 2010 that you left? At the end of 2010, yes. What, what have you been doing since? Well, I, the first thing I did was take a couple of months off. I had been working for 25 years, almost nonstop. Uh, and by 2010, uh, Global Giving was getting up to scale. Uh, and I felt uh, that I could make the transition. Uh, so after taking a couple of months off, I started to pay back some uh, uh, gifts that I had gotten along the way in terms of opportunity. So I was a scholarship kid growing up. I had a full scholarship, Moorhead scholarship to University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill and a full scholarship to grad school at Princeton. So the first thing I went, did was go back to those schools and teach some classes and I became entrepreneur in residence. A visiting lecturer at Princeton, and I tried to spend time with the uh, with people who were in my shoes 25 or 30 years earlier. Uh, I then got a call uh, to come help out uh, a number of organizations. Uh, so I spent time uh, uh, as a fellow at New York University, as executive chairman of Ashoka Changemakers, uh, and as a fellow at the Center for Global Development. Uh, a few years ago, I started Feedback Labs, uh, which uh, is a consortium of 400 organizations around the world that are trying to kind of do what Global Giving uh, started out, which is to listen 
to the people themselves about what they need to make their lives better and to provide services for them. So Feedback Labs is kind of an outgrowth uh, of global giving built on the foundation of what we started at Global Giving. Mari, you, uh, you've been there, Global Giving, obviously, since you started it, uh, nearly 20 years. But I, I understand that you are beginning to plan your transition out now. Uh, tell us a little bit about your plans and how the organization will adapt to your departure. Sure. Uh, as far as my plans go, I don't know what I'll be doing next. Uh, offers welcome. Uh, but I think, you know, every organization, need, it's, it's a rite of passage, right, to, for founders to leave an organization and for the organization to go on as if nothing had happened. At least that's sort of what I hope will happen when I walk out. And I actually have a lot of confidence that that will because the team here is just, you know, world class. Um, we have a search going on for the new CEO, and I think we are looking at some really interesting, uh, diverse talent uh, to choose from. And last year was a great year. Uh, we did very well uh, in terms of executing on our business plan and uh, strategy, and so we have a little bit of a war chest that I can sort of uh, leave for the new CEO to, um, to work with. So, you know, there's, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I do know what I'm doing next. But I do know that I think it, it makes me feel good that I can leave the organization on, a, on an upward trajectory. Uh, it would be terrible to sort of overstay my welcome, as it were, <laughs> and uh, get to a stage where I'm not delivering value to the organization and I got to walk out, you know, sort of uh, having failed the organization. I, I do feel like the organization is in, in a better place than it's ever been before. So this is the time to do it. Well, uh, Dennis, you've had a remarkable career. You've done so many interesting things. What, as you think back on your career to, so far, uh, what's the most important lesson you've learned? Yeah, I think to pick up on what Mari just said, it's the uh, good ideas are a dime a dozen, or if they're not a dime a dozen, they're a dollar a dozen or whatever. Executing on ideas is the hard part, and execution is possible when you build a fantastic team. And so what I, I guess that's the number one lesson I've learned is that if you uh, create a team and point them toward a world changing point on the horizon and say, I don't know how we're going to get there, but we're going to get there. Uh, you can achieve tremendous things. And so I've become a very big proponent of uh, helping people see a path toward making the world a better place and then getting there. And it's not because of my great ideas or anything else. It's because of the team. And, uh, you know, as Mari leaves global giving, as I think about when I left, the people that are here are going to achieve that next thing that we haven't even thought of. And uh, so I think that's the, 
the number one thing I have learned over the last 30 years of my, uh, of my career. There's huge untapped potential in people at all levels, at the community level, at the village level, at the staff level, everywhere to make the world a better place. And the role of us is just to configure things to unleash that potential. So that's what I see my job as. That's a powerful, powerful lesson and insight. Uh, Dennis, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Mari, you spent the heart, the, the big middle of your career uh, has been at Global Giving, focused on really solving uh, problems, both acute disaster-related problems and long-term problems like health and poverty. Uh, you know, you've devoted 20 years almost of your life to this. Why? That's a good question. I mean, in some sense, when I joined the World Bank, I was signing up to fight poverty, right, worldwide. Um, but I didn't stay 20 years at the World Bank. Um, and I think the reason I stayed here is that I had faith that this model could scale and therefore, you know, I could ride it out and it would get better, more efficient and more subtle, more nuanced in and basically deliver higher quality over the years. And that's, I think, been borne out by my experience over the last 20 years. But to, to be perfectly honest, I think it's also that this organization, I've been able to organize it in a way that I think mobilizes people's potential best. So in, in you know, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a theory in uh, organizational stuff about uh, analogs and antilogs. In some ways, I took the World Bank, which I had an amazing time at the World Bank. So, I, I, you know, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how thankful I am to have had the experience at the World Bank. But the World Bank is large. It's very bureaucratic. It's, it's run like a civil service. And it has a lot of rules. Um, Antilog, as it were, of the World Bank is what I had in mind as I designed Global Giving. So Global Giving has very few rules. It has four values that are core to our theory of change and the way people behave here. And I have a kind of daily conviction and feedback that people are fulfilling their potential and creativity here, whether it's staff or whether it's all the partners we work with. Whereas I wasn't terribly convinced of that when I worked at the World Bank. There was always a sense of these incredibly smart, creative people locked up by the framework that they were working in. Interesting, interesting motivations. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Dennis, what is your superpower? I don't know if I have any superpowers, but to the extent I do, I think it's getting people to believe that they can achieve things that they never thought was possible. So if you come into our office here, we have people 
that are could easily, I, hes I hesitate to say this on a podcast, but could easily be leaders at the uh, fanciest Silicon Valley companies. And they didn't start out that way. But now they are superheroes of design, superheroes of tech, superheroes of due diligence, superheroes of financial management. Uh, and of so, machine learning. Of machine yeah. learning. AI, yeah. Uh, and I like to think that with a couple of exceptions, uh, that we enable them to be that. So I'm not sure I have, I have, maybe have the superpower of helping other people find their superpowers. And I'm extremely proud of the quality of what we do. It's made possible because people can uh, achieve, reach for things and achieve things that they never believed was possible. Mari, what's your superpower? Um... I love to learn new things, and I like to think that other people in this organization are motivated to learn new things because I'm constantly sending out Slack messages, email messages, you know, about check out this new article. Did you see what so-and-so said? Think about the implications for this. So I am... You know, I, I, I find all of this work incredibly important, incredibly fascinating. And I'm the, the other thing that's, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for is that this has been a job where I learn every day. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Mari, before you go, and I do appreciate both you and Dennis taking the time to be with us today. I know you're both busy and appreciate that you've uh, taken time out of your day to do this, but before you go, would you just take a minute and tell people how they can learn more about global giving before we wrap up? Absolutely. So you can go to globalgiving.org. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow us on social media. Uh, we are constantly putting out content that is of interest to anyone who wants to change the world. Fantastic. Well, Mari, Dennis, thank you both for taking the time to be with us today. We just can't thank you enough. Thanks for having us, Devin. All right. Thank you. Now let's do some good. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us, because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devon Thorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.